Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. It is Friday. Dr. Dana Varble joins us every other week. I call her Chicago's exotic pet vet because, boy, you treat everything. Like, what is the weirdest animal you've ever treated that we would consider? <laughs> like, you know, I remember reading that you did breast cancer surgery on a hedgehog. So I think that takes yeah. the cake. But what else have you done that we would go, wow, that's something? Oh, I don't know. So, you know, I think one of the weirdest animals that I've ever had to treat actually are hummingbirds. So they're so cool and tiny and fast and have weird metabolism and live an oddly long time for such a little animal. And to be honest, they're so tiny, you're afraid you're going to break them when you pick them up. And they eat nectar. They're very unique, fun animals. If you ever have a kid that's looking for a great animal to do, like, a school project on, they are really fun for kids because there are such, first of all, the pretty colors are green and red and blue, and they're really kind of fun and unique and interesting animals. So, when my husband was younger, and, and his sisters as well, because I was like, what? I can't believe this. But they they had the task of banding them. They would catch them, yeah. and they were part of the team that would put bands on them. And I said, I couldn't possibly hold one because I'd be so fearful that I would crush it. Yeah, it takes a little bit of training to learn how to handle them because they are so tiny. But what's interesting is, you know, for most animals, the tinier they are, um, usually, you know, you think of insects and spiders. They don't live very long, right? Sometimes just a few days or just a few weeks. Um, hummingbirds have like this really oddly long lifespan for very tiny birds and very fast metabolism. And what's even more interesting for all this super fast metabolism, they live their entire lives on nectar from flowers. Yeah, that's crazy. It's really just fancy sugar water. Yeah, very interesting animal. Dr. Dana Varble is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community and Chicago's Exotic Pet Vet. She takes your questions, so if you have a question about your cat, your dog, whatever it might be, send it to 312-981-7200, or you can call right now. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and of course, people struggle right now with inflation, and I get it. It hits everyone. It hits it's you mm-hmm. and your office of vets as well. But Finnegan had to have seven teeth pulled again. This time it happened on yeah. Wednesday. I think he's had a total of 13 teeth pulled. It's just oh. who he is. His brother has yeah. absolutely healthy teeth, but Finnegan just yeah. doesn't. So, <laughs> you know, I, I went to a vet and they wrote up the bill mm-hmm. and it was $2,600. And I thought, yeah. man, and, and I get it because I, that wasn't the first bid, yeah. you know, so to speak. That was my regular vet, and I called around, and that's kind of the price. But then, you know, my husband said, well, call the farm vet. And when I say farm vet, this is someone who has two offices. (laughs) He treats all animals. He's not like a production animal vet. But his office did it for $240. Yeah. Now that's well, that's way rural, yeah. okay? And I think yeah. he keeps his prices low to stay in business because in rural Illinois, mm-hmm. people will not take care of their animals if there's a big fee associated with it. 
But so that's a huge discrepancy. What is the great cost when you're doing a surgery like that? Is it the anesthesia? What is it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing is when you get, you know, when you're getting estimates from veterinarians and you're looking at costs, is you have to do a little bit of a side-by-side comparison. Because sometimes what is considered standard of care, especially in an affluent area, typically urban areas, is going to include other things. Um, Things that your rural vet may be able, their standard of care is going to be different. Now, one isn't better than the other. They're just different. So things like, you know, again, a higher standard of care may involve things like every patient gets an IV catheter and IV fluids. Every single patient gets local anesthetic. Every single patient gets preoperative blood work. Um, And there, you know, every single patient may get dental x-rays. And there are times in your life where those are great things, right? Like they can help prevent having to pull extra teeth. They can provide more pain control safer anesthetic episodes, but we've all been there too, where times would get tough, you know, sometimes you're between jobs, jobs not paying as much, you have other financial obligations having to do with family, your own health, you know, we all know right now groceries are even more expensive. Look, Doc, I'll tell you, I've been in that vet office once before and walked in and there was blood on the floor and I'm like, uh, there you go, somebody going to clean this up, we got a little blood on the floor over here. That is just not uh, the priority. And so you're right, it is standard of care and what our expectations are as as animal lovers. Okay, got a question for you on line one. Um, Is she locked in, Andrew? I want to make sure that we don't hang up on the doctor when we go to line one. Um, Peggy, tell tell the doctor about the issue with your dog. Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, and uh, we we adopted this dog from our local shelter uh, in February, and she's extremely loving, cuddly, everything with me. My husband, from the minute he comes home from work or when he's leaving in the morning, or if he's sitting down eating breakfast and he stands up, she goes berserk barking at him. She's not, she doesn't bite. She doesn't nip. It's just this horrific barking. She's only 17 pounds, but she's very loud. And, you know, he's getting fed up with it. I bet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that's hard. It's interesting that at 17 pounds, sometimes I feel like they project better. The ones that yeah. weigh 70 pounds. So it sounds like a couple of things are happening. Obviously, she's formed a great bond with you, and you have a wonderful relationship with her, which is great. But she just hasn't either had time or maybe had some experiences before you adopted her that have prevented that bond from happening with your husband. Now, sometimes we accidentally reinforce these behaviors, and we all know I do it. <laughs> With my own bets. They start barking. What they're actually looking for is some feedback from you. Like, am I supposed to be barking? Is this a good thing? And we do things like yell at them or pet them or grab them. And what we may be accidentally doing is telling them, yeah, you need to bark at this person. Um, And obviously, with someone that's living in your house, we don't want that. So it might be a good time to, even though she's tiny, take her to like a basic obedience class get with a trainer and talk about ways we cannot reinforce the barking. Because, yeah, every time your husband stands up from the couch, I don't want him having to deal with a dog that's barking at him. Um, she's telling, she's alerting. She's saying, this is, this is, I need to 
tell everyone that this is happening. And we don't need her to do that. Right. So we need to reward her when she's not doing it. By all means, go crazy then. Tell her she's a good girl. Give her lots of treats. Maybe even time to bring out the big gun treats. Like, this is the peanut butter time. <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff. But, you know, yeah. To really reinforce the quiet behavior is what you're looking for. All right. Perfect. Hang on a second. Dr. Dana Varble is with us. Your questions that are coming fast and furious next. First, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. 720 WGN. She's our go-to person every other Friday, Dr. Dana Varble, our exotic pet vet in Chicago. And, Doctor, a couple questions coming in. Number one, a wildlife rehabber is listening right now. They're currently treating a raccoon with head trauma. How long with a steroid will it take to see improvement before a decision needs to be made? Yeah, those are tough. Um, head trauma can actually take, you know, it's interesting. Animals and people both get head trauma, kind of concussive injuries to our brain, even bleeding or bruising. Sometimes it can take weeks for things to get better. So, you know, it's one of those things, especially with wildlife, it's really tough because we need them to be not just a little bit better, but we need them to be able to be functional and be able to hunt and gather food and climb and be super coordinated. So those can be especially tough cases because we really do need those animals to be pretty close to 100% before they can go back into the wild. Yeah. Good luck with that one. That's uh, tough. My yeah. friend Paul Ruby is listening. He He's <laughs> battling Parkinson's and he has a service dog, Roland. Mm. And Roland, I've had many meals with Roland. Roland is amazing. But now their other dog, their little dog, is te- teaching Roland how to bark at inappropriate times in the house. Mm. Those are really tough because I'm sure Roland has so much training. The oh, yeah. training that service dogs go through is so amazing, so intensive. But just like us, um, you know, if you don't, if you're not getting, you know, not taking calculus every week, <laughs> I don't remember my high school calculus. So I'm sure Roland's training is the equivalent of us being really good at calculus. And he probably just hasn't done it in a while. Ah, so interesting. it might be time. Yeah. Call the organization that you got Roland from and find out refresher course or if they can send out a trainer for a refresher course it's so important for our service dogs to kind of stay up to date and make sure they're not picking up silly habits because barking from a service dog means so much more than just the mailman is here or the ups Mm -hmm. guy is dropping off a box so we'll really have to be on top of that to make sure there's no bad habits are getting picked up by poor roland anybody that wants their dog to bark come to my house because hank will teach him in a week (laughs) hank can ruin every good dog in the world (laughs) (laughs) don't worry my the poor delivery guys that come to my house get these Full a treatment as far as alerts go. Yeah. <laughs> you would think they're walking up with weapons. They are not. It's just boxes. Uh, another came in. My Pomeranian was groomed on the top of his tail, which curls on the top of his behind. There is a growth, mm-hmm. a little bigger than a wart. He licks it. He's making the hair around it to fall out and the bump mm-hmm. turn red. What could have happened and what should I do? Oh, sometimes grooming will see a little skin irritation. It can, it can just be from, you know, it could be from shampoo, but even some just, sometimes just the act of brushing, especially abnormal tissue. And a lot of dogs get skin growths that are not cancerous. They're really just things we need to watch. 
Um, but, you know, brushing them is sort of, it can be irritating. So you could certainly try some, like, A&D ointment or a little bit of, like, Vaseline, something very soft like that to see if we can't suit that irritation. If it continues to be a problem, you could certainly talk to your vet about removal. Sometimes if they're very tiny, even gross like that, can be done with sedation and local anesthesia. So risks can be very low with those. Hopefully it's just a little bit of irritation and goes away over two, three days. Yeah. Um, from 630, my daughter's five-month-old male golden keeps having diarrhea every other day. The poop's been checked. There's no parasites. Any recommendations? Uh, get a good, get an investment in paper towels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so miserable when your dogs are sick like that. It is. There is nothing that will get you out of bed faster than the sound of either something hitting the floor, whether yeah. it's from the front end or the back end. You will run faster than you ever have in your life during those <laughs> moments, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, chronic diarrhea like this in a young dog, certainly, you know, it's Time to go back to the vet say it's not going away. You can try probiotics, and probiotics can help basically reintroduce good bacteria into the stomach, into the intestines, and help the digestive process become more normal. Sometimes after puppies have had parasites or even just the stress of moving around, being a puppy, um, we need some probiotics to kind of reset the system, if you will. But sometimes these these indications in young dogs can be more, can be something bigger, a food intolerance, an allergy, or even another process. So give your vet a call. They may be able to do probiotics just over the counter, very easy. There's even some foods that you can try with probiotics or a reset of a biome type of system. But if that's not getting better, probably time to bring out the big guns and your veterinarian can advise you from there. All right, Jeff, you've got a Cocker Spaniel that barks constantly. Jeff? Yes. You got a a Cocker Spaniel that barks constantly? Yes. All right. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, when you walk in and out of the house, I mean, it's like... Mm -hmm. It just started, like, with the last, last six months. I don't know what to do okay. with it. Oh, that's so rough. So we've had a couple of talks about, you know, just the excessive barking dogs today. And, yeah, it's really annoying. It is. <laughs> like it grates on you. It, it, can get, it really gets <laughs> to your brain, yeah. So for some reason, your dog is experiencing something that, again, they feel like they need to alert every time you walk in, every time you walk out. And, again, be very mindful of what you're doing. Are you giving them attention in those moments? Are you accidentally rewarding that behavior? Or do they have a little bit of anxiety? Um, Sometimes when you're leaving or coming back, dogs will kind of get a little ramped up. Make sure you're rewarding them when they're calm. And make sure you're, you know, again, encouraging calm behavior. Sit before I come up to you and pet you when I come in. Let's calm down. Um, and it can be very challenging to do that because, of course, our reaction is just, oh, my God, please stop barking. Yeah. And so, the more noise we make, the more noise they make. It's true. It's true. It ramps up everyone. Everyone gets all excited. They get more excited. We get more excited. So, again, really encourage calm behavior with greeting your dog. I can't say that enough. And it's challenging, especially when they're young or if they've got new behavior. 
But the other thing is if you have a dog that's barking, 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 and you're trying to do all these things, maybe you've worked with a trainer, it also starts to make me think about anxiety because dogs do get anxiety. And sometimes we need to, again, talk about behavior modifications or even medications with your veterinarian to really control that. And the goal with those medications is to make training more effective. Right. I mean, we don't need to train, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Train a lot easier. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us, Dana. Dr. Dana Varble, Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. And they can find you at exoticpetvet.com? Yes, exoticpetvet.com and navc.com are the companies that I work for and that I help promote good veterinary care for animals everywhere. You do a good job of that. We're so <laughs> appreciative that you join us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. Have a good weekend, everyone. The news is next with Steve Bertrand from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. WGN.